Welcome to the Happy Valley Baptist Church Sermons Podcast. We are so glad that you have decided to listen to the message that God has brought through Brother Tim this week. This sermon was recorded on Sunday, October 18, 2020, and released on Sunday, October 25, 2020. This week's message is titled, Thriving in Today's World, and the scripture reference is Psalm chapter 84, verses 1-12, through 12, Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and John chapter 7, verse 37 through 38. My prayer is that this message is a blessing to you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the sermon. My sermon today is on uh, Psalms 84, 1 through 12. And uh, it, it was, it was, it started, this sermon started a little different for me. Uh, I sat down and wrote some words down on a piece of paper, and it was, I mean, we're talking within 45 minutes, I had this sermon written. I mean, it was very quickly, I mean, I was like, holy cow. It just all flowed right through. And uh, I'm, I'm not the best sermon writer there is out there at all, but I'm going to tell you, this came from God, so it's special. Now, I'm not going to read the whole scriptures right now because we're going to go through them step by step because there's there's a method to God's madness on this one. So throughout this last month I have spent and seen all these people coming into my business and they're coming in there talking about oh if Biden gets elected this is going to happen if if Trump gets elected this is going to happen there's going to be all kinds of strife in the streets and all this going on and you know we seem to have lost sight of what the real world is truly about you know you see it all the time in everything that we're doing. You know, we seem to think this is something new going on in our world today. But look at your Bible. It's a history book. The government has always gone after the Christians. I mean, they were locked up in Egypt. They spent 40 years in the desert. You know, there's a lot of things that went on that God had to keep his people safe the whole time in the Bible. This is not new to God. So why are we worried about it? God's got this. I'm just saying. You know, it's... You know, our biggest thing is we need to, to do what God tells us to do, you know. Uh, study your Bible. Do your prayers. Do your worship time. Uh, pray fervently and for exactly what you need to happen or you want to happen. And then, of course, listen and do as He tells you to do. If that's right in that sermon the way He wants it, then you do it. Let Him be the boss. So Psalms 84 gives us a, a revelation as to how to thrive in the days ahead. Regardless of what the world leaders do, regardless of what the stock market does, uh, regardless of what decisions our government makes, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. That's a promise. It's not just words in that book. So we need to, do, we need to not just live for Jesus and get by. We need to thrive in his name. Thriving is ever-increasing in our love and our devotion to him. Thriving is increased, but not in just membership in this church or even in this city, but it's in the world. We need this spreading this gospel needs to go everywhere. That's what we were called to do, not just sit here at the church and preach. Okay? We need to take it with us when we walk out on our daily walk. So what kind of person is going to thrive in the days ahead? Is there a place of safety regardless of how the political events unfold? Is there a place of blessing regardless of what the economy does? How do we position ourselves for the future blessing that is promised to us? So this psalm is arranged into three sections. The first session concludes at the end of verse 4 with the word Salah. Salah is an instruction to not rush ahead, to pause and think about what's just been said. Okay? We are prone to read the Bible too quickly. 
we need to pause more often as we're reading it and understand what we're being told or whatever that scripture means in our life today. Because what's going on in your life, you may be led to that scripture and it's totally different from five years ago to what it is today. So that's why you continuously read through that Bible. The other neat thing about this is the fact that verse 1 and 4 is the first section. That ends with that Salah. Section 2 concludes at the verse 8 with the word Salah as well. Verse 9 through 12 make up a third section. Okay? There's a blessing pronounced in each and every one of these sections. Verse 4 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Verse 5 says, in the second section says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you. And the last section concludes with, Blessed is the man who trusts in you. So you get three blessings in one today, right? Okay. So resting in the presence of God is that first section. That's what I was told to do. Uh, we all have memories that take us to a better place. Sometimes it's a sight, a sound, something that's, that brings you back to that memory. Well, the latest one for me was the, fresh, the smell of fresh flowers. My wife just started working at the flower shop, and I was able to go in there one day and walk into the cooler and man, I can remember my mom was a florist for many years, and that, that brought memories back of those good old days with, with mama at the flower shop. So, I mean, just we all have those things in our lives that take you right back to that great, awesome memory. Well, the reason I bring this up is there's another sense of home that some of us take for granted. That's our church home. So when you're sitting in your home with your wife watching TV, what takes you away from your home? Uh, for me, it's this church and the thought of, of heaven. You know, what's, what's waiting for me at the end of this road? So a thought hit me that day. I was sitting there, and uh, I can see Jesus because it says in there he's going to greet us with a, a joyous cry as we walk in those gates. So, Shirley, can you imagine God or Jesus in there going, I love you, Shirley. Right? There you go. Or telling me, I'm glad you love me, Tim. I've heard it enough. You know, okay. But the words, but the words I long to hear are those the famous words that you hear, it says, you did well, my good and faithful servant. If we all strive to hear that, oh, we're going to be doing great. So this psalm opens with a longing for that presence. Verse 1 says, how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty. What is the attraction for the house of God in this psalm? It's the fact that God dwells there. It is, his pre it is the presence of God in that tabernacle that makes it lovely. You know, I have grandchildren who live in Roswell, New Mexico. I have family in Roswell, I mean, uh, Farmington, New Mexico. And I love going and visiting with them because, I mean, they're good people. But if you take them out of that place, I lose interest real quick. If God's not here, then we're not going to be here, right? So pretty simple. We're here for God. So the tabernacle was that lovely place because God dwells there. Um, David said to the Lord, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's why we come together for worship every Sunday morning. We want to enjoy the presence of the Lord. Jesus promised us in Matthew 18, 20, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there with them. In one sense, God is always with us wherever we go. There is a special promise of God's presence when we come together in His name. Okay, he may be with us, but if you're together in His name, that's, that's a further blessing. That means we are gathering under His authority and unto Him. Did you know that there are church services that happen every Sunday in which people don't actually gather in the name of Jesus? 
it, it, it amazes me. They call themselves Christian, but they're gathered for different reasons than meeting with the Lord. They may just enjoy the social interaction with each other. They may be just be fulfilling that perceived duty. Well, it's Sunday. I got to go to church. There are many reasons people go to church that fall outside of what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 18, 20. The nation of Israel made this mistake as well in the Bible. God instructed the prophet Zechariah, ask all the people of the land and the priest, when you fasted and mourned in the fifth and the seventh month for the past 70 years, was it really for me that you fasted? And when you were eating and drinking, were you not just feasting for yourselves? Okay, we need to examine why we're here what it means to us. But when you gather for the right reason and with the right focus, God comes and meets with us. And we have that little mini revival we had the other day when we had, oh, it's, I, you can tell God was here. It was, it was huge. So in Psalms 84.2, we can feel the intensity of the psalmist's desire for the presence of God. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. The desire is toward the living God. He's not just wanting to go through a religious exercise. He's not interested in, in a dead ritual. He wants to meet with the Lord. And his desire for that is fervent. He yearns for it. But the desire goes beyond that. He even faints for the courts of the Lord's. When he says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living on, he's saying, my heart and soul. Every fiber of his being is crying out for that presence. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled in Matthew 5, 6. The promise is not for everybody. It is to those who hunger for it. It is to those who are consumed with a thirst for more. Most Christians do not hunger and thirst for more of God. They are occupied with other things, and a revival would actually be an inconvenience to what they really want to do. How healthy is my appetite for God? We can kill our appetite for healthy things by snacking on junk food. That same principle works in the spiritual matters as well. If you spend more time in the world, you know, worrying about, you know, what's going to happen if Trump gets elected? What's going to happen if Biden, what, you know, whatever your worries are, if you spend your time doing that instead of in this book, you're killing your appetite for God. Okay, we need to get back to this. In the natural, most Americans are dehydrated and don't even know it. Most Christians are dehydrated and don't even know it. It's strange how the more water you drink, the more you want. I promise you, the more you read this, the more you're going to read it. It keeps coming and keeps coming. So, and it says, you know, in the Bible, as a deer panteth for water, so my soul longeth for thee. I mean, he tells you. Uh, it, it's awesome. You know, when shall I come and appear before God? Those who thrive in the days ahead will be the people who have cultivated an appreciation for the presence of God. Their appetite for the things of this world will be minimized and their appetite for the word of God will be maximized. Now, 84.3, even the sparrow has, a has found a home and a swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young, a place near your altar, O Lord Almighty, my King of my God. When I read the word altar, that kind of, what kind of thought crosses your mind? I think about prayer. I think about that intimacy with God. The sparrow was considered the most insignificant of all birds, yet they were allowed to come in. The swallow is known to be a restless bird, yet they have found in the presence of God a place for nesting. When a bird is building a nest, what are they looking for? A place of safety, a place where they're protected. So that's this house where we're standing today. Turmoil is in the world today. 
But at God's altar there is rest and peace. You will keep in Him a perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because He trusts in you. It's perfect peace found in having your money invested in the right stocks, bonds. Is it found in having the best safe house? No, it's found in staying focused on the Lord no matter what's going on around us and in trusting Him for the right outcome. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are praising you. There's a difference between dwelling versus visiting. Occasionally coming to God when you have a crisis is not the same as settling into a day-by-day communion with Him. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Blessed are those who dwell in the house. They will have plenty of reason to praise you. It has become a part of their lifestyle. Salah. So we need to go back and think about what was just said. So in this first section, the psalmist expresses his intense longing for the presence of God. He sees the altar as a place of safety and rest. People who thrive in the days ahead will be resting in the presence of the Lord. Secondly, people who thrive in the days ahead will rely on the strength of God. Because I wouldn't be up here if it wasn't for God. I'll tell you that right now. So verse 5 makes that observation. Blessed are those whose strength is in you who have set their hearts on pilgrimage. They know where they're going and their heart is in the process. They are serious about their walk with God, not easily distracted from the real objection of life. There is a sense of intentionality that purpose in the phrase, you have set their hearts on pilgrimage. So they know where they're going, they know what's going on. And they have learned to draw upon God's strength rather than relying on their own. Psalms 84, 6 as they pass through the valley of Baca and they make it a place of springs, the autumn rains also cover it with pools. God didn't say we weren't going to have valleys. We're going to have those issues in our lives. And yes, we're going to weep and we're going to create pools of water around us over the things that happen in our lives. We may lose a loved one, you know, and you're going to cry about it. He didn't say this was going to be easy, but he said to rely on his strength. Put it on his shoulders. Now, the Amplified Bible calls it the valley of weeping. In the blessed person's life, there can be some valleys. There can be some times of weeping. But I want you to notice two things about this person's journey. He doesn't stay there in that valley. First of all, he passes through it. He's not exempt from such experiences, but at some point, he reaches the other side of the valley. There is wisdom in grieving a loss. Denying the realities of life is not a healthy path. But we also learn to process our pain and move on in life. They pass through the Valley of Baca. More technically, Baca refers to a tree or shrub that grows in an arid place. By extension from that is the place of weeping. As they pass through that dry, difficult valley, they transform it. By the grace of God, instead of being changed themselves into a bitter, anxious person, they transform their environment and make it a place of springs. So you can grow from that place of death, weeping, and that kind of stuff. You grow and become a better Christian, a a bigger person. Of course, the picture here is people on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. Their desire for His presence drives their momentum on the journey. They pass through some dry, dusty places. They could decide this is too hard and turn back. But the desire for God is too compelling for that. Instead, they rely upon the Lord as their strength. He enables them to not only get through the valley, but transform everything around them along the way. Remember Jesus' promise in John 7, 37. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. 
On 38, it says, whoever pleases me or whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within him. So they dig into the dry ground by faith and God pours out showers of blessings. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. On 84.7, they go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. The destination is Zion, Jerusalem. They will make the destination. The Valley of Baca will not stop them. Each one, all who walk with God this way, will appear before God in Zion. How do we thrive in the days ahead? We do it one day at a time. We do it by going from strength to strength. That indicates a progression and a strength for the person who will walk this out. It takes a certain amount of strength to just make it to Sunday morning service. It takes more strength to encourage others when you get here. It takes more strength to teach that Sunday school class. It takes even more strength to come up behind this pulpit and be the preacher. So everything you do in this, it's going to make it stronger and stronger as you go through. It's going to prepare us for more responsibility in the future. The psalmist offers up a prayer in verse 8 and 9. The prayer is to the Lord God Almighty, the covenant-keeping God of Israel, who is also sovereign, almighty God of all the earth. When I address God that way, I'm speaking assurance that his ability to answer the prayer and of his willingness to do so out of his covenant relationship with me personally. The prayer is addressed to the God of Jacob, imperfect, flawed Jacob. Yet you took care of him. Hear me the way you heard him and take care of me. Salah. Pause and think about that. We have seen how God of Jacob can strengthen us for the journey. We can go from strength to strength by his grace. People who thrive in the days ahead are relying on the strength of God. Then in section 3, people who thrive are reaping the rewards. The prayer continues in verse 9. Look with favor on your anointed one. Who is the anointed one? Christ means anointed. We are anointed only because we are in Him. Favor comes to us from the Father as He sees us in Christ. As he looks with favor on the Christ and sees us in him, our prayers are answered. Verse 10, better is one day in our courts than a thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Doorkeeper is a lowly position, but life is better at that lowly place living for God in his favor than to have all the luxury and comfort the world has to offer. This is the kind of thing that will get a person through the ups and downs of life. If our delight is in the Lord and the market rallies, great. We get to enjoy God and get a bonus. That is very nice. If our delight is in the Lord and the market crashes and we lose our jobs, we are not shaken because the most important thing for us is still there. The Lord God is the sun and shield. He will light up on our path and he will protect us from the fiery darts of the enemy. He is my sunshine. He is my protector. Bottom line, God will take care of you and yours. For the Lord bestows favor and honor. On the King James verse translate this grace and glory. God will, with a grace or favor needed for the occasion, and he will bring you into honor, not shame. Look at the honor God brought on Daniel, even when the nation as a whole was under the judgment of God. There's a time in David's life when his name was slandered by Saul and he was pursued like a criminal. There was a season of hardship, a valley of Baca, but at a time the Lord brought him into the place of honor that continues to this day. There were some valleys in Joseph's life, but God did take care of Joseph. So remember this, good things are coming your way. 
as you take the path described in Psalm 84. Listen to the rest of verse 11. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. Sometimes we think good things are being withheld from us. That's because we have tunnel vision compared to God. We only know a part of what he knows. We may not be seeing the big picture from God's perspective. We, only not, we not, may not fully understand what is best for us. That is why we just live by faith. Know this, God is working all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. These promises are seldom manifest immediately. There is a space between the time a seed is sown and the time it is harvested. But God is always good for his word. This is his word. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk, whose walk is blameless. If it's good for you, he will give it to you when you are equipped to receive it. There is a condition attached to this promise. We must walk with God blameless. Not perfect as we would understand the term. The Hebrew word is actually tamim. Its root meaning is entire or whole, complete with integrity. It means without blemish, sincere, sound, undefiled, upright. In other words, washed in the blood. Okay. They are not dependent upon the actions of the Supreme Court, the whims of society. This is God. Okay. These are guaranteed by the Lord God Almighty. So understand where we're at. Psalms 84.12, O Lord Almighty, blessed is the man who trusts in you. This is what the psalm is calling for us for in us today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Heavenly Father, help us all to stay close to you. Walk with integrity before you. Trust you with everything. And doing this, we know we will be just fine. I hope that you have enjoyed this podcast. To stay up to date on all the happenings at Happy Valley Baptist Church, you can go to facebook.com slash hvbcnm. That is facebook.com slash hvbcnm, as in Happy Valley Baptist Church, New Mexico. To find additional podcast sermons, you can go to podcast.hvbcnm.org. We would also like to invite you to come worship with us if you are in the Carlsbad, New Mexico area. We are at 4103 West Texas Street in Carlsbad. Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. and Sunday morning services start at 10.45 a.m. Thank you and God bless.